that the Bible will do to help your prayer life. And so we just taught on prayer last service, last hour. And so I want to give you six things. There's I'm certainly many, many more that we could use, but six very practical things that the Bible will do to help your prayer life. So I want to preface this by saying that when it comes to our praying, the Bible is very closely tied to it. The importance that we put on reading and studying the Bible. In fact, one fellow, I was reading a periodical here about a week or so ago, and a fellow that was at the bedside of a guy that was dying, a Christian fellow that was passing away, said that at his, at his deathbed, this fellow had said, uh, if I had it all to do over again, I would read more of my Bible and do less praying. And the fellow was puzzled by that. And he said, well, why do you say that? He said, because I found that many of the things that I prayed for were answered in the Bible. And if he had just studied his Bible, he would have known the answer to that prayer. And uh, so I, I don't want to say that one is more important than the other. What I'm trying to get at is this and kind of laying a foundation for this. I believe that you, you cannot divorce the two. They are intertwined so closely together that when it comes to uh, the importance of Scripture reading and studying and understanding Scripture to our prayer life and vice versa, our prayer life to understanding, reading, and studying Scripture, that I don't know that you can separate the two. Uh, they, must, they must go hand in hand, and they complement each other. It is the plan that God has given for him to speak to us through his word and for us to speak to him in prayer. And so uh, hopefully this will be a help to us this afternoon. I'm going to give you six very practical things I believe the Bible teaches that will help us, the Bible will help us in when it comes to our prayer life. Luke chapter number 11. <coughs> Luke chapter number 11, and uh, we're going to be reading in verse number 1. And it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased... One of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. The first thing that the Bible will do uh, to help us in our prayer life is it will help to motivate us to pray. It will help motivate us to pray. When we find passages of Scripture where the disciples came to him and said, uh, Lord, teach us to pray, uh, I, and I would say, you know, you can read that verse a couple of different ways. One is that we should pray, and secondly, even how we should go about praying uh, could certainly be read into this as well. But certainly throughout Scripture, both are taught that we should pray and that we uh, need to pray a certain way. He says, when you pray, uh, pray after this manner. And he begins to instruct uh, the, the folks how to pray. And so one of the things that the Bible will do uh, to help us in our prayer life is it will motivate us to pray. Um, the Bible teaches us that in the book of James, the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. We just spent some time in First Thessalonians chapter 5 where it says, uh, Brethren, pray for us. And over and over and over again, we find references to uh, motivate and to inspire to, as an example, uh, teach us that we should pray. Uh, and if we get to the place where we get so enamored and consumed with the affairs of this life, that we kind of lose focus, we begin to let our prayer life dwindle. Uh, you can mark it down, it's probably because our Bible reading has also dwindled. And when we begin to read our Bible, it seems to motivate and to drive us to prayer. There have been times I've been reading something in Scripture, and the Lord showed me something in my life that needed to be dealt with or taken care of, 
And rather than putting it off till later, right then, I just begin to pray and get that matter right with the Lord. Uh, there are times that I'll be reading Scripture, I may not quite fully understand what it's saying. And I'll be like, Lord, I need some help here. I don't quite understand what this is trying to teach me. And it ought to help motivate us to pray. And so I think Bible reading is very critical uh, to our prayer life, and vice versa. Uh, our prayer life is very, very critical to our Bible reading. Uh, the second one is this, in Psalm 119, if you'll go ahead and turn there, Psalm 119. The second one is that the Bible, and this kind of goes back to the, the, the thing I was telling you about earlier, the Bible will sometimes answer things that we were getting ready to pray for. Uh, I found that happening many, many times, believe it or not, in the Scriptures. Look with me in Psalm 119, look in verse number 135 for a moment. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, I got the wrong verse here. Psalm 119, ah, uh, I got the wrong verse here. Thy word is a lamp to my feet and a line to my path. I wrote the wrong reference now. Oh, verse 105, I'm sorry. I knew, I knew what it was and couldn't think of it. 105, not 135. Psalm 119, 105. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet, notice this, and a light unto my path. Uh, in fact, Paul told Timothy that all Scripture was given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction. And then he uses this phrase, for instruction in righteousness. So there are many things that the Bible will answer that will save us from having to pray about it and saying, Lord, what do you think about this? Um, for instance, if you're asking the Lord, should I live godly in this area? The answer is obviously yes. Uh, uh, the Bible teaches us that we should live godly and holy. You shouldn't have to pray about that. I've heard a lot of people say uh, and use the excuse, well, I'll have to pray about that to excuse their inaction uh, of either dealing with something in their life or maybe doing something that they should be doing that they've not been doing. And they'll say, well, I'll, I'll just have to really pray about that. Well, if you read your Bible, you wouldn't have to pray about it. You would just know. I think we ought to pray as we labor for God to help and bless and prosper our efforts. But whether we should do it or not, oftentimes the Bible tells us. And it's not something we need to pray. Lord, I need to have some understanding as to whether this is your will or not. Now, on the flip side of that, you ought to be careful blaming that something is God's will when it's not also. Uh, I've seen a lot of people do that as well. They, uh, they say, well, I've prayed about it, and I believe this to be God's will, and it's contrary to Scripture. Can I tell you this? You might have prayed about it, but it certainly would not be God's will. It wouldn't be Him answering that prayer if it goes contrary to Scripture. So again, uh, what the Bible will do is it will help us to answer some things that we would normally pray about or, or pray over. All right, number three. Number three, let's go to Matthew chapter number six. Not only does it motivate us to pray, but it instructs us how to pray. And this uh, is very important that we understand that Matthew chapter six, what we refer to as the Lord's Prayer, is not something that God intended for us to recite. It was given as a pattern uh, for us to pray after. Uh, an example to pray. Look with me in verse number 9. The Bible says, after this, what's the next word here? Manner, therefore. In other words, he's saying, I'm going to give you an example, and I want you to follow the pattern or the manner of this. He did not say, this is the prayer I want you to recite. I know that a lot of people recite the Lord's Prayer in time of trouble, in time of need or distress. 
And can I tell you this? More than reciting a prayer, God wants you to pray. I'm not one for reading prayers that are pre-written. Uh, I, I think that the Lord certainly ought to lay upon your heart a desire to pray and to share your heart and your burden with Him. And not to have to recite or to give something that someone else has felt they needed to pray about. But notice what he says in verse number 9. After this manner, therefore, pray ye, uh, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as it is in heaven, uh, in earth as it is in heaven, excuse me. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And so again, he gives this to us as a pattern, a manner, after which we are to pray. Um, I'm not opposed to the little gift cards with the Lord's Prayer on it that might be a help and a comfort to somebody to read it because I look at that as any other scripture that you would give someone to read during a time of need. But I would, I would, I would discourage us from trying to hand that to somebody and say, you need to pray this daily. I'd rather see them pray to the Lord than to recite something that you hand them on a, on a piece of card. So, again, the Bible will teach us how to pray, uh, not just the, 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 the prayer itself, but it will teach us the method of praying, the manner of praying. All right, Romans chapter number 10. Romans chapter 10. We may have to sing another song or two that you don't know after this because we're going to be very short this afternoon. I'm already halfway through. You've never known me to be so short-winded in a preaching service, have you? All right. Romans chapter 10. That's all right. It gets longer here on one of these. So, Romans chapter 10. Look with me in verse number 17. The Bible says this. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. <coughs> the Bible tells us in the book of James that the praying that we do ought to be a prayer of faith. And if faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God, then the increasing of our faith comes from the Word of God. The more we read the Bible, the more our faith will be strengthened that will increase our faith in prayer, our boldness in prayer, and our fervency in prayer. Um, I don't know if you've noticed this or not, but when you focus on your, we call it your walk with the Lord, time spent in His Word, and time spent praying, when you begin to become diligent about that. You begin working on that. You realize, boy, I've, I've kind of let some things slip there. I want to kind of redouble my efforts here. And you begin to recommit some things to the Lord, and you start spending more time in His Word. You begin to listen to uh, more preaching. You begin to read, um, read uh, uh, more, more books that encourage you and inspire you in the things of the Lord. You begin to pray, and you begin to deepen your walk with the Lord. Uh, I don't know if you realize or have noticed in your life, but your prayer life becomes more seamless, more automatic. It seems to become more natural is the word I would look for. Um, and you seem to want to do it more often. You'll be driving down the road in the middle of the day, and just something will come across your mind, and you'll start praying about it. Uh, why? Because reading the Bible increases our faith. It strengthens our faith. When you begin to read the promises of God and then you go and pray about them, it's a whole lot easier to pray knowing that there's a promise that helps support what you're praying for. And uh, so it helps increase our faith so that we can better pray, a fervent prayer and a prayer of faith. All right, James chapter number 4, and uh, we'll go ahead and read, uh, I, yeah, uh, James chapter 4. 
And we'll go ahead and read that verse I've referred to now a couple of times for this point. James chapter number 4. Actually, uh, this is, I'm sorry, this is not the verse in James specifically that I've already referred to, but this is a different set. Prayer will keep us from asking for some things. Prayer will, or uh, Bible, excuse me, Bible reading will keep us from asking for some things. There are some things we should not ask for in Scripture. Look what the Bible says in verse four, uh, verse number three. Excuse me, verse number two of chapter four. I'll get it right here in a minute. James chapter four, verse two. Ye lust and have not; ye kill and desire to have, and cannot obtain. Ye fight and war, yet ye have not, because ye ask not. Ye ask and receive not, because ye ask amiss that ye may consume it upon your own lusts. So by reading Scripture. Uh, it will help keep us from asking from things we shouldn't be asking for. It will help us to keep the flesh and the lust of the flesh in check and not to be asking God just for things that we want to consume upon our own lusts and that we are praying for the right things. Um, I, know, I know that there are oftentimes we claim uh, what we consider to be promises of prayer uh, that we oftentimes take out of context um, when the Bible talks about if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be given unto you. Uh, it, it is predicated on abiding in Christ and Him abiding in you. And Christ can confidently say that promise then, that you shall ask what you will and it shall be uh, given you and it shall be done unto you. And the reason is, if we're abiding in Him and He's abiding in us, then we will be asking for the right things. It's when we are not abiding in Him and letting Him abide in us that we begin to ask for things that we consume on our own lusts. And so God can give that promise conditional upon us abiding in Him and letting His words abide in us. Delight thyself also in the Lord. He shall give thee the desires of thy heart. I don't know how many times I've heard people quote that and say, well, there's the proof that if I'll delight myself in the Lord, I'll pray for it and He'll give it to me. That's not what He's saying in that verse. He's saying He'll give you the desires. He'll give you right desires. He'll give you desires that are within His will and within His Word. And uh, that's what He's dealing with in that. So, But understand that there are things that we'll read about in Scripture that will help keep us from praying for things that we ought not be praying for. Um, and, and James speaks of that here. He says, you, ask, you have not because you ask not. That's one of the issues. But he says, there's some of you that are asking and you still don't get it. And he says, you ask amiss. And the reason he says you ask amiss, he says that you may consume it upon your own lust. Your motivation for, for praying for that is to consume something upon your own lust. It has nothing to do with the things of God. It has nothing to do you know, to pray for the, the new uh, um, uh, luxury yacht to be given to you, your neighbor to give you that. That's, that's not a valid thing to pray for. Uh, to pray for, um, oh, I'm going to get in trouble for this one. To pray for that new gun sitting on the shelf. Maybe to pray for the means to get the gun. But uh, you, you see what I'm saying? We're, we're, there's oftentimes we have things that we lust for, that we enjoy, and it's just for that. And uh, God knows what our, what our desires are. Let Him give the blessings. And uh, I think it's okay to pray for God to give you the health to work for things like that. And if you have a goal you want to get for I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But there's oftentimes we pray simply just to consume something upon our own lusts. And, uh, and I think that this is something we've got to be careful about. Uh, let's turn in 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy, chapter number 2. 
I have to repent now because I, I did pray for a gun last week, so. All right. Just trying to be transparent. All right. Second uh, Timothy chapter 2. Second Timothy chapter 2. God's Word will help you to pray with a pure heart. Look in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse number 22. The Bible says, Flee also youthful lusts, but follow righteousness, faith, charity, peace with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. When we call on the Lord, He expects us to do so with a pure heart. We're to, we're to abstain from the youthful, youthful lusts, we're to flee from them, and we are to follow after righteousness, faith, charity, and peace with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Uh, the Bible tells us in Psalm 119, verse number 9, Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto according to thy word? With my whole heart have I sought thee. Talks about clean, cleansing the heart first and then seeking the Lord with our whole heart. Oh, let me not wander from thy commandments. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against God. Let's take a moment and look in Psalm 24 for a moment. Psalm 24. <clears throat> and we're going to begin reading in verse 3. Psalm 24. Uh, we'll start in verse 1 because it's, I think it's a great, great psalm to begin with. <clears throat> the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. For he hath founded it upon the seas and established it upon the floods. Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord, or who shall stand in his holy place? He that hath clean hands and a pure heart, who hath not lifted up his soul unto vanity, nor sworn deceitfully. He shall receive the blessing from the Lord, and righteousness from the God of his salvation. So again, who shall ascend up into the, uh, into the hill of the Lord? Who shall stand in his holy place? Uh, who's going to be given an audience by the Lord, in other words? Uh, he that hath pure hand, a pure heart and clean hands. And so the Bible will teach us uh, that we are to pray with a pure heart, with a pure heart. So six things that the Bible will help us with in our prayer life. It will help motivate us to pray. It will answer some prayers for us. It will instruct us how to pray. It will increase our faith to help us pray better. It will keep us from asking for some things. And it will help us to pray with a pure heart. Praying is one of the most neglected and yet one of the most needful things in the Christian life. In the day that we live, the excuse is this, I just was too busy. And yet it is one of the most useful tools that God has given to you and I. It's one of the most powerful things that God has given to you and I. And is usually one of the most neglected things in our life. So I hope that will be a help to you today, both in the 11 o'clock and then this hour. If you take the two messages together, perhaps it will be a help to you and help us in this area of praying. Let's go ahead and stand together. We'll be dismissed. Father, we are thankful for, again, the instruction that your word provides. Without it, we would be ignorant of these things. We would not understand them or know them. And so we thank you for giving us some instruction, not only how